Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Which baseball player has the shortest commute? The catcher. He only works from home. Why did the dandelion quit dating? It kept getting blown off. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! No. 
From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen, my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional uh, Chinese medical practitioner, gives me street cred, the wacko alternative medicine jack-offs. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. Can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at uh, DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show. Without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. I lapsed into my radio voice there for a second. You did, didn't you? I certainly did. So uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. We'll talk about it in a second. And then uh, I guess we're still live at stuff.drsteve.com. So if you need anything from Amazon, please go there. Use that link. Uh, You can scroll down and see stuff that we've talked about on the show. Or you can simply click through and go straight to Amazon. Um, But anyway, check that out at stuff.drsteve.com. And apparently we're still active with Noom as well. So if you, you know, if you got that COVID weight, we're ending, getting rid of uh, Omicron, want to get it off, go to noom.drsteve.com and you'll get uh, two weeks free and 20% off if you decide to do it. And it's only a three-month program, so it's not like some of those other ones that rhyme with flate flotchers that where you have to do it for the rest of your life. Anyway, uh, check out our Patreon. You're not going to want to miss Patreon this month. Uh, we had Robert Kelly on. Uh, he'll be on, on the one in a few days in about a week from when we're recording this, which is on the 16th. And then we have a mystery guest who was supposed to be on the one that we published this week. And we I'm, I don't want to say any more. He is revealed in the Robert Kelly uh, uh, episode. Cool. The mystery guest. Mystery guest. Okay. Anyway, and it's not Cardiff Electric. And uh, although we'll have him on someday, we got to get the boss on someday. Check out uh, chef.drsteve.com. You got to spell out doctor on this one. I haven't gotten to the other domain yet. Uh, this is my favorite uh, meal kit so far that I've tried. I've tried oh. them all. Yeah. I did Blue Apron. Yep. Loved I did, it. Uh, yeah, loved it. I yep. uh, did Tara's Kitchen. That's the one I liked it. It was crazy, though. They would send you everything already chopped up. Like Blue Apron will give you, like if it calls for two radishes, you get two radishes, right? right? But with Tara's Kitchen, if it says it's two radishes diced up, you got two diced up radishes. They had these little trays that had all the, they sent it to you in this big giant, um, it looked like a little mini dorm fridge. Oh, and wow. you'd open it up and pull out these little trays. And so everything was already prepped. It was all mise en place. That's oh, what, what they should have cost it. That's what they should have called it. And they would have done better. <clears throat> but I think that one's out of business. It was, it was a crazy business model. Mm-hmm. But I like this one. It's Green Chef. It's healthy, organic, if that means anything to you. Keto. Gluten-free, whatever you want. They have anything you want. Hmm. And you can uh, go vegan if you want. I've tried all of these. This is by far the highest quality of the 
ingredients that they said. Wow. The last one I did, I think, was HelloFresh, and I'm not crapping on them, but there were some some issues with every time there'd be something missing or, you know, the the uh, some of the stuff looked freezer burned or whatever. Nothing like that with this. These people know how to pack it right. It's packed perfectly in there. I love the way they do it. It comes in recyclable bags, yep. and uh, the 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 perishable stuff is at the top, and then the meat is down below that under another layer, and then there's the ice pack. So everything, the meat comes, if it's supposed to be frozen, it's frozen. All of the uh, vegetables come, they're fresh. It's it, it's great. It's, it's by far the best huh. to me so far that I've found. So you get $130 off your first order with the best meal prep kit on earth, I think, Green Chef, go to chef.drsteve.com and spell out doctor, and I'll put it on our website, too. Okay. All right? That's a good one. All right. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And uh, how's how's the uh, CBD-laced nasal spray going? So far, so good. It's just CBD, though, right? Yes. Yeah. There's no. There's no goodness in. There's no. There's no adult form of it. Does anyone? (laughs) Oh, so this is for kids? Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think that's what you meant to say. Um, Is there? Is anyone making a nasal spray that has THC in it? I would think so. I went to a dispensary in Chicago, and I did not see anything of the sort. They had Mm -hmm. tons of gummies. And they had some stuff that you could inhale, but I didn't see any nasal inhalers. I've I've not seen it, but why wouldn't you? Almost has to be because I've seen it. I've seen them make the granules that you dissolve in powder. I've seen granules you, know, you dissolve in powder. Yeah, what the yeah, hell is I'm that? I'm sorry, powders. The granules like in a powder form that you dissolve in your in your drink. Oh, oh, and um, then just drink it's it. It's just well, plain that's THC. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> I've, that. I've seen them. Um, <clears throat> I mean, hell, making it in little, in little coffee pot, you know, like you can oh, put like, your Keurigs and all that stuff. Really? For real, yeah. yeah for real. It's oh, crazy. that's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, I mean, here we anyway, go. Any, any possible way to get, to get you some weed in you. That, this is from Vice.com. says you can now snort weed there using this cannabis nasal spray, if go. that's something you wanted to do. <laughs> So when listing off drugs, you can snort up your nose. Marijuana usually doesn't make the list, but with cannabinoid spiked nasal sprays, like Dr. Scott's, I mean, CBD is a cannabinoid. Mm-hmm. That's now possible that when it comes to how high it gets you, sniffing may not be any different than smoking. Well, yeah, no shit. It's mm-hmm. just a different delivery route. Yep. Since homemade cannabis nasal sprays have existed on the fringes of medical weed market for years now, but a Colorado company recently released a commercial version. Look this one up, Dr. Scott. Yeah. Vera, V-E-R-R-A, Wellness, Nasals Mist, comes in three ratios, 10 to 1 THC to CBD, 1 to 1, and 1 to 100. That's probably more like what yours is. Yeah, except for mine does, mine's a zero. Well, it's supposed to be it's zero, to but be. it could be as high. I mean, if it's extracted where they got the CBD from, it could be as high as 0.3% and still be legal. Mm-hmm. According to the company's marketing material, spraying the mist up your nose allows for increased bioavailability. Okay, now wait a minute now. Not so sure about that. What they mean, though, I think, is that there may be more surface area. Well, that's not even true. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's no. less true. That's less think, true. If, that's if you right. think about the surface area of the lungs, yes, of course, and the in the, the um, 
That's why inhaled drugs are going to be the thing of the future anyway. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, Look up, forget about Vera Wellness. Look up the surface area of the alveoli of the lung, and it will blow your mind. So when you breathe in, air goes down the trachea, and then it splits into two major bronchi, um, bronchial tubes, and then it splits again and divides and divides and divides until it is just microscopic air sacs that are lined by um, or lined with capillaries. Mm-hmm. And when you breathe in, the oxygen that you uh, take in from the outside is very efficiently transferred to the inside of your body because of the huge surface area. What does it say? Uh, 1,076.4 square feet. Uh, that's that's less than I thought it would be. That's still pretty big. Though. That's still pretty damn big. That's pretty big. How big is that compared to say a football field? Mm. So a football field yeah, hey, is X yards by X yards. So we can just multiply that out. Um, I mean it's a hundred yards by how wide is it? Shoot Why do I not God. know that? Oh, for I fuck's don't know. sake! Dimensions of a football well, hey, field. Hey, well, here, and I've got, it's 57,000 square feet, but if you think about it... There you go. You know. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's 57,000 square feet, so it's 150th approximately. Which is huge. Which is huge. Yeah, huge. In your lungs. Yep. So what we're saying is if you somehow could go in and tease all those out and stress them, stretch them out, that would be a... Uh, how much was that? Uh, it'd be 100 feet by 10 feet, right? Did you mm-hmm. say 1,000 square feet? Yeah. 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 yeah almost 1,100. Yeah, so it'd be 100 feet by t- long by 10 feet wide if you could stretch all those things out and uh, lay them on a piece of paper or something. So it's amazing. And uh, when you, for example, if you take in nebulized drug X and assuming that it is... Um, Uh, you know, that it can be transported across the mucous membrane. Uh, The, yeah, go ahead. Well, I've got something interesting to share with you before you get much further than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A a basketball court I looked up. Okay. Square foot of basketball court, 4,700 square feet. Okay, so it's a fourth of a basketball court. That's a little easier to visualize than a 50th of a That's incredible, though, if you think about that. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay. Um, Yeah, so it'd be half... Uh, you go up to the midline and then cut that in half, and that's how and that's the surface area of your lungs. Now, um, so we did some research early on on inhaled morphine. Now, if you put morphine in a nebulizer, one of those things that makes the steam, or it's not steam, it's really it's just nebulized uh, liquid, and um, you inhale it, it's a, it's around a ten percent bioavailability. In other words, if you put 10 milligrams in there, it's like giving you one milligram IV. But that's because if you've ever seen somebody do one of those, most of the medicine goes out into the room. They're breathing in and then they breathe out and there's just smoke everywhere. So if you can figure out a device, and they have done this, where you only get medicine when you inhale and you get all of it, none of it goes out into the room. Okay. Uh, it's almost 100% bioavailable. And the cool thing is, is that doing it that way, it actually gets into the system faster than if you do it by IV. 
Well, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it makes because sense. Because of though. the surface area surface of the lungs. Area, yeah. So if you, if I give you something intravenously, and in, in, you know, usually in your arm or your hand, it has to use the venous blood flow, which isn't real fast, to work its way up the arm, into the shoulder, into the larger um, uh, blood supply, into the right side of the heart and then go through the lungs and then come back and then get pumped out of the left side of the heart to the rest of the body. Whereas if you do it with the uh, inhaled um, uh, system, it goes right to the lungs, gets pulled straight out of there, goes straight to the heart and gets pumped to the rest of the body. And if you look at the curves, it's weird. You'd think IV would be the fastest thing possible. Mm -hmm. If you look at the curves, the um, inhaled Morphine will uh, have a, a more rapid peak than the um, than the IV morphine. So it's kind of cool. That is cool. You know, and and morphine's think, water soluble. Yeah, it's not even that soluble across mucous membranes. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking, Doctor Steve, is that is that kind of the way the, uh, the the IV medications work pretty quickly? Is because they're 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 filtered in through the lungs. And and that's where it's broken down. It, IV. Because, well, yeah. Once it goes into the blood cyst, the blood vessels, and pumps through the heart, goes into the lungs. At that point, it's starting to dissolve. Well, that actually slows. That actually into. slows it down. Okay, okay. If you think about it, because now it's got to divide, 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 divide right. all these places, and then reconstitute itself into larger and larger vessels before it gets to the heart. Right. To the left side of the heart, and then the left side of the heart is what pumps it to the everywhere. brain and then everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really. Yeah, it um, the the lungs sort of um, is a rate limiting step in a way. Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, although you know it's not much, but there is some some delay there. Yeah. So that's you know it's interesting. That's pretty well. Um, anyway, I was gonna I had another point to make on that, but so that's why. And then the GI tract is slower than Christmas compared to both of these things, which is why if you eat a gummy or whatever, people get in trouble with those things because they'll eat one, and then 30 minutes later, they don't feel anything, and they'll eat another one, and then 15 minutes later, they'll eat another one, and then by by an hour, hour and a half, they're just totally faced. Just done. Yeah. Done. So (laughs) follow the directions, my friends. All right. That's beautiful. You got anything for us today? I, I know that uh, by looking at covid.stoutlabs.com, the Omicron peak is long past. And we predicted if that peak is symmetrical, that uh, it's, uh, Omicron started around, if you look at the, go to covid.stoutlabs, S-T-O-U-T-L-A-B-S.com, and um, just put in the United States and go to like 700 days and you can see all the different curves and you can see all of them are pretty symmetrical and so omicron really started right around thanksgiving so if you look at it november 25th you just pick a starting date in there and then uh count how many days it took for it to peak which was basically um 30 days and then look how far it's going to be till it or was it 30 days or 60 days god damn it now i'm uh, let me see. Dementia's kicking in. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Stout, because that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let me look at it and see here. Maybe it was Christmas when it when it started. I'm um, so I'm pulling up covid.stoutlabs.com, and I'm looking. At, yeah, I'm sorry. So it started around Christmas. 
So let's just say it started, eh, that the peak started to rise around, uh, well, November 26th. Let's say that because that's, that's really true. So November 26th, it started to rise. And then it peaked exactly on January 20th. So how many days are between that? Let's just say January 26th, even though that's quite a few days past the peak. So that'd be 60 days, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> so we're geniuses. Yeah. So 60 days from uh, January 21st would take us to what? From January 21st? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it took 60 days to March. get there if it's even. <laughs> right, yeah. So it would be like, you know, March March 21st, it will be about back Towards down to March, normal yeah. again. Now, if, and I'm talking about cold, stone cold normal. Now, the, the peak itself, the big giant peak started around Christmas. So that was uh, December 24th. And then, uh, so that's a month. So a month from January 24th would be, you know, February 24th. So by the end of the month, we'll be close to being done with the major part of the peak. But to get it stone cold back to where it was before that, it'll be another month. So, and and if you look at the, and I, I hell, we may get canceled after, if I say this, oh, Lord, um, that Omicron doesn't appear to be as deadly as the others, because if you then switch to new deaths, you can see the peak for Delta and the peak for Omicron are almost identical, except the peak in cases for Omicron is three times the size. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I think we're, and somebody asked me today, well, are we just going to get another variant and another variant, another variant? It's going to be very difficult for a variant of SARS-CoV-2 to be more um, contagious than this one. Right. If you remember, the original uh, OG COVID had an uh, R naught of around 2.4. Delta was around 5 to 7, and this one is like 10. And it's getting close to measles numbers. Measles R sub zero is 12. And if people are new, they don't know what we're talking about. Our audience is pretty sophisticated, so mm-hmm. they know. But for people who don't know, the R naught is just the number of people that would be infected in a vulnerable population, idealized vulnerable population by one person that has it. Mm-hmm. So the original one, about one person give it to 2.4 people, and then Delta, it was one person give it to 5 to 7, and then this one is like 10. Mm-hmm. Measles is 12. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and with each iteration, the the number to get herd immunity increases too. Right. So if you remember the the formula for herd immunity, it's one minus uh, the quantity of one over the R R naught. Sorry, one over R naught. So for uh, OG COVID at 2.4, it'd be one minus one over 2.4. It comes out to about 57%. You could hit herd immunity. And then when it's five to seven, it's going to be one over five. So what would that be? That's uh, twenty point two. So it'd be eighty percent of people would have to be immune to hit or herd immunity. And then when it's ten, it's ninety percent. Hmm. You know, because it's one minus one over ten. So you know, it's um. That's why that number keeps marching, and people keep saying, "Well, they just keep ratcheting it up." Well, no, the virus kept ratcheting it up. I mean, there's some. Listen, 
There's some real horse shit has been told to us over this thing, but that one, I, I can't blame that on anybody but the virus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, all right. Okie doke. Mm-hmm. And that'll piss a bunch of people off, but, you know, what can I do? It's That's just the way it is. That's Those are them's the facts. Uh, but if you go there and look at this, it's very encouraging, these numbers. We are right close now today at um, February 15th, or, well, this is February 15th, the last numbers we got. We're recording this on the 16th. There was um, this simple moving average is 204. So the last time we saw that was on December 27th. Okay? Hmm. So we're uh, very close. And then at the peak of this, the simple moving average was 770,000 cases per day. And again, which shows cases don't matter. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be paying attention to cases. The only thing that matters at this point is hospitalizations and death. And we are currently in our large health system discharging more people than we're admitting, and hopefully it'll keep up that way. If yep. you keep doing that, then, you know, eventually you hit zero. So yeah, I would like to see zero. We're all sick of this shit. Yeah, it's been a long, been a long time. It has been. It's been I'm, a long I'm time, yep. effing fed up with it. Yep. Enough's enough. It's been a long time. Yeah, well... Let's just hope it keeps going the way it's going now, which is, seems to be a little bit. Yeah, bad. let's get us back to you know June of twenty one when we had uh, almost no cases whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And let me see the last time we had zero deaths. Well, we had on July tenth of twenty one we had eighty six deaths in the whole country, and that's the lowest it's been since this thing started. So mm-hmm. we got to get back below that. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. F COVID, sticking my neck out. Fuck COVID. <laughs> Don't like it. Don't like it. I'm taking a big risk saying that. All right. <laughs> you have anything for us today? Well, I've got a couple good little articles. Okay. Because you... then I got to play a phone. Uh, we've got a bunch of phone calls yeah. to do. Go well, ahead. We'll, we'll do the, we'll do the one that you sent, and I and only read part of it. But oh, it was... okay. Okay. Of course, you didn't read the whole thing. It's totally fine. <laughs> That's true. Wait, hell, you sent it to me this morning. I know. I was like, wait a minute, man. Now if I can find a friggin' thing. Oh, here we go. God, <laughs> All right, here we go. Here okay. we go. Here we go. This is scientists have possibly cured HIV in a woman for the first time. That's see, how far. That's how far I've made it. That's how this. far you went. Okay, because that's not really. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you the truth, man. I'm, to, I'm just. Um, it, it, what it looks like though, it, in the past they had they've they've had two or three males that they've said they cured. HIV in, and this this apparently is the first case of what they've ultimately deemed a successful HIV cure, where they were using some um, therapeutic processes like um, stem cells. They start, oh, yeah, they start. That's interesting. Yeah, they started so with this cor- was not antiretroviral therapy. No, 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 this is stem cell therapy, actually, which is kind of cool because then that I can help you with a little bit more stem cells, you know, and joint, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But well, stem cells are uh, pluripotential cells, which just means that they can have lots of different purposes if you take a skin cell out of someone and you put it in and somehow grow it in a test tube it will always be skin Mm -hmm. but stem cells if you can get the right ones can be turned into heart 
cells or blood cells or tip of your nose cells. Potentially brain cells. I've actually yeah, seen potentially. Some, yeah. some, some, some research they were doing over in uh, Germany for, for post-stroke victims. Ooh. And they were injecting um, stem cells into the, to the, to the affected area of the brain and actually seeing some regeneration of the brain cells. Yeah, well, one thing we got to get to is uh, being able to regenerate damaged spinal cords. Yes, you Jim. Because, you know, a lot of people feel like um, when when someone has a broken neck and they're now quadriplegic that their that their um, spinal cord's actually been severed I mean that can happen but for the most part it's just been damaged it's the swelling that happens afterward and then the spinal column is so constricted that if you have any swelling of the spinal cord or the tissues around it uh, it's got nowhere to go no it goes it, in instead right, of so out. it's going to go in instead and, of out and it chokes exactly off right. the chokes off the spinal cord. Yeah. So. Same thing with closed head injuries. Sure. You yeah. Know, yeah, the head, the brain. Go ahead and talk about swelling of the brain, what it does in that enclosed space. Well, that's what a lot of a lot of a lot of folks don't don't realize is that when there is a closed head injury, um, the swelling in the brain is is their swelling starts to go out. It hits the skull. Yep. And the skull is rigid and hard, so it starts compressing in. That's what we start we start seeing changes to the brain anatomy and forcing yep. the brain trying to force the brain out of the bottom of the skull. And that's that's we, right. There's one was, hole in the yeah. bottom of the skull called the foramen magnum and uh if if your brain starts to herniate through that, that that's that's a real that's problem trouble, yeah. Yeah. that's trouble yeah but dr steve what the, the best i can tell is what the, the the initial part of this treatment was they were looking for better ways to treat um hiv that was that, that was a, a safer alternative and what they're doing is using cord cord blood from babies infants okay. yeah. and so initially not fetal stem cells thank no. you no 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 so we don't have that issue <laughs> oh god god forbid but anyway the 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 um well i mean it's an issue it, 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 it is an it issue it prevents a lot of uh, research going forward or people does, from yeah. adopting stuff there are people i you know i've got a couple on my team that uh, if you know if they test a vaccine on fetal stem cells or fetal cells at all they just won't do it yeah and um even you know so i what are you going to do what if you look they got rid of thimerosal (laughs) yep because people thought it caused autism the the vaccine companies and lots of researchers said it doesn't cause autism Right. Doesn't cause it. It's not associated with it. There's absolutely no credible scientific been. evidence. But they took it out anyway mm-hmm. because people were worried about it. Yes. Hell, I knew the science when we were giving my kids vaccines. Uh, you know, I was like, hmm. You know, oh, I remember. A little, I, bit, of, little bit of a twitch. You were a little a little nervous. Just a but, little bit. Not, but, not, not enough to not do not it. Doing but, right. you know, I, it did enter my mind. And, uh so they took the thimerosal out. Mm. Good. Yeah. Okay. Stop testing this stuff on fetal cells, and yeah. then you remove that objection to this stuff. Yeah, I don't need it. There are other things. We have other models now that we can use. Yeah. So, so cord blood being one of those, you can donate that. You're not uh, doing anything, uh, you know, that people would feel would be immoral or anything like that, uh, unethical or against their religion when you're donating cord blood because it's there anyway. Yep. It, and and then after and after that there was a slight incubation period. I guess these things are pretty prolific. And then they actually add um, um, adult stem cells. Okay. Because for some reason those those 
do a better job of whatever they're trying to do. And, okay. and, and again, I, I wish I could be more. more yeah, more, I wish you could read the article. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Why challenge. Are you even doing I told it? you, man. I had a little, I had an episode, a little issue this morning, but okay. this, this afternoon. But you but had the diary. Had yeah, that have been that have been less painful. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. So, but in, the great news is this is something that certainly is reproducible. Yeah. Oh, in, in in large scales, which is very important. So I have somebody that's very close to me that's on antiretrovirals, mm-hmm. and this person is, has a viral count that's undetectable, mm-hmm. but they can't say that You're cured. they are cured. Right. So uh, having a one, you know, a treatment that you could do that would cure you of HIV um, would be amazing. I mean, we're curing hepatitis C all the time now. That was when when I first went through medical school. Hepatitis C was called non A, non B because they didn't know what the hell it was. They had no clue. They knew it was there, didn't know what it was. And uh, then we had all these people coming in with chronic hepatitis C that were, you know, eventually having some real issues with. Um, um, cirrhosis and other things like that. And now, heck, you go to a gastroenterologist and you've got a really good chance of being cured of hepatitis C. So uh, death to all pathogenic viruses, F- fuck the va- fucking viruses. God, I hate them. I hate them so bad. And so, uh, yeah, death to them, good. We now can kill hepatitis C, good. We can kill HIV. Screw HIV. God. Mm-hmm. Asshole virus. Yep. And coronaviruses, you're next. Watch them come at Watch the coronaviruses come after me because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I found myself, um, and this is really morbid and gross, putting down all the music that I want at my funeral. Oh, there you go. Which we're not going to have a funeral. I'm. They're going to. They're going to cremate me, and then Tacey can do whatever she wants. But uh, she will want to do something, and so she'll have a party or something. But I've got the soundtrack, and it's good. It's good. It's all upbeat stuff. It's like uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, uh, Aeroplane Over the Sea, (laughs) and then um, a song that you and I are going to try to learn, Mm -hmm. which is the Flaming Lips, uh, Do You Realize? Cool. Looking forward to it. So we got to do that one, and that, that that's a very sort of death positive okay. song, you know. All of, and and uh, King Crimson Islands, because that's where I'll be, mm-hmm. you know. Your own your own your own island, or whatever, yeah. or I'll just be gone. But people can pretend that that's where I am. Yes. And then I've got all the the my there was every time we'd go on vacation, there'd be one song that would sort of define it. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! And I forgot one of them. One of them is. Um, MIA's uh, song, uh, All I Want. Have you heard that? I, I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all I Want is, uh, uh, oh, shit, and Take Your Money. All I Want is Bang, 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 and Take Your Money. You know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's MIA. Anyway, i got to put that one on there because that was one of the summer songs. But And, you know, it, it's very random, the songs that end up on there, because one year, and, and look, don't think less of me, or do, I don't care. But uh, one was Lord's Green Light. <laughs> so, you know, it just, you can't help what happens to be, on the rotation and uh, ends up on your Spotify alt 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 you know alt music list. So anyway, 
<laughs> so that's on there too. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And then uh, a, a bunch of Crunbin stuff from uh, the oh, last yeah. couple of summers because that's been our poolside music for a long time. But anyway, yeah, true, true. Yep. Hey, what, you, you want a real, a real quickie, or you want to you save it for next no, time? No, yes. Like, so the other, the other one I found I was just starting to get into, and this okay. is oh the, the perfect topic for you today. Okay, okay. People with autism or ADHD are more likely to die early, review says. Motherfucker, <laughs> I'm doomed. I was going to say, we're screwed. The yeah. ADHD thing is, is um, something you and I are both going to have to check with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, my God. Well, I believe it. Yeah, evidently it's just something it's stress. about stress and high cortisol levels. <laughs> no, I'm stressed all the time. Inability, my job is killing me. Calm. Yes, and I was supposed to that. step back from uh, being the big boss as of October 1st, and my partner just said that, you know, um, due to unforeseen circumstances, she's not going to be able to, she might not be able to take over October 1st. And I was very encouraging. It's like, look, you know, hey, we're here for whatever you want. But I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take another year <laughs> off my life. Yep. No, we're not going to do that. Well, this is the only, the, when we're doing this, right yeah. here, what we're doing, this yep. is the only time I feel in control of my, mm-hmm. my, whatever, my life. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Until that phone starts ringing. Yep. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway this spring. Top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Speaking of not being in control, let's take this phone call let's because this has been. This guy even said, "Well, I, you said you were going to play it last week and you didn't, but he just wanted to do a one-on-one." But listen, I appreciate what this guy is saying, and uh, it's you know it's a very complicated situation. But here we go. Hey, Doctor Steve, your pal Jim up in Massachusetts. Hey, Jim. Hey, gotta say, very disappointed that your friend Stacy now is back on the show again. <laughs> God damn it! And what really bothers me most about it. Dr. Steve is, especially during COVID, you have emphasized over and over again, rightfully, I might add, that everything about COVID should be based on facts. Yes. Thank you. Real data. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yet you allow him to come on and still... (laughs) Well, it was a fact. What he said was a fact. Spew his nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Okay, let me let let him finish this thing. And really don't challenge him at all like you I, see, I don't I don't agree with that no, I I did challenge him yep. I mean, the first in the beginning I was as shocked as anybody I, and I'm not good with conflict no and he's been a friend of the show and for, he lives for conflict yeah he does that's the thing is you and I are both laid back passive he's just like, yeah he loves in it. Your he face. loves it yeah he yeah. does and um you know, he he brings my wife cookies, and he you know he brought us. Oh, I've got a bunch of boudin balls down there, by the way, oh, from cool. him. So cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so he's a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, when he said that shit, I was like, "What?" And I I want to go back and play it again because I remember saying, "Listen, the problem, the biggest problem I have with this is that you're corrupting this medical professional." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With all of this, and then he comes, turns around, and turns out, well, he was just trying to make up some point, and it was all, you know, it was a radio bit. But um, I, I don't remember not challenging him. I did let him kind of go on about it. Now I don't remember him spewing any sort of scientific thing because that I would not no. tolerate. I mean, I, I would challenge any scientific stuff, but you know, I can't challenge what he did no for people who don't know he came in with this story about how he gave somebody a hundred bucks to to squirt the vaccine into a jar Mm -hmm. and then we find out there's two 
people, probably more than that, in New York that made a couple million bucks doing that. Two that that have been caught. Right, two that have been (laughs) caught. And my point since then, because I caught a shitload of flack for this, and my point has always been that I wanted this out there because anyone that thought that, oh, well, we have vaccine cards now, we can go to a disturbed concert, we're going to be safe, bullshit. Because there's... um, do we have any idea how many of those fake vaccine cards? And Stacy will say, "Well, they're real cards." Okay, they're they're fake because they didn't get the vaccine. But I know what he means. Yeah, they're not counterfeit. They're actual cards that somebody put something on. But you know, it, it, it to me, a real vaccine card means that you actually got the vaccine and they wrote down the lot number and stuff. How many did they do? Because it, certainly, if, if they made a couple million bucks, it was enough to infect a shitload of people. And I just, I, I don't like the idea of show me your papers. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go somewhere and they're saying, show me your papers. I get it. It's sometimes you got to show your driver's license or you got to buy a ticket, something like that. But beyond that, I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, this idea that you have to have this piece of paper to be able to function in society. I mean, there are countries in this world where if you have a low social score, you can't ride on a bus, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, I just uh, I don't want to go down that that road. I think that for me, again, I am vaccinated. I had it three times. I got covid. I got the booster after I got covid. So I'm you know, I'm I'm a fan of vaccines, but I'm not a fan of forcing people to do something that um, they may not have, um, you know, that they may not agree with, particularly when this thing is, is, we have to all admit, was approved under an emergency utilization authorization. So these EUAs, that everything that's out there for COVID right now has not gone through the regular process. Do I think it's safe? Yeah, we've given how many billions of shots now? There have been some people that have had uh, catastrophic issues, but the benefits so far have outweighed the risk significantly. But, Mm -hmm. again, to force somebody to have a piece of paper, well, okay, so now you're Madison Square Gardens. We're going to open up, but you have to bring your vaccine card. Mm -hmm. And then how many Stacey DeLoach, real Stacey DeLoaches, are showing up with that card that could, you know, infect people? Well, just uh, And if you had the vaccine, what danger is that person to you, really? But, you know, that's a whole other issue. Go ahead. I just looked and found another one. Man facing federal charges for selling fraudulent COVID cards. He's he's sold like 800 of them already. 23-year-old dude. And he's facing federal charges, a hundred bucks a piece. Well, he's an entrepreneur. He is so, a, how many did he sell? He was at eight hundred when they when he 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 had posted so eighty this. grand. Yeah, and he had posted this, and of course the feds were like, hmm, "That's what Carl makes on Who Are These Podcasts every year." Dang. Yeah, he does pretty good. That's pretty good. But you know, and he doesn't have to go to jail for it. No, exactly. Yep. Yep. He just gets stuttering John mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Get by without making anybody mad. Okay, so I don't want to talk about this anymore. Oh, let me see if there's more to his call. Because I, I do feel like I challenged him, but I I also felt that I shined the light on this process. At the time, I thought he was telling me the truth. And even if he isn't, it's still the, the it's out there. You know. So if you think you're going to be safe by making people show up with these pieces of paper you got another thing coming that that was my main point <laughs> to other people so in any case 
very disappointed that he's on. I hope this doesn't become a regular thing. Yeah, don't worry about it. He lives because six I think you'll lose away. listeners if he continues to be on there. Will I? Okay. Well, maybe you're right. And I don't want to lose, dude. I don't want to lose you as a listener. I don't want to lose anybody as a listener. Um, we've lost listeners because people friggin' died. Yep. You know, uh, not only listeners but friends. Yeah. Know? Well, okay, yeah. but we lost yeah. some because they didn't get the influenza vaccine. Yeah. So yeah, I am yeah. I am a uh, fan of getting vaccinated for things. And I think that you should. And I highly every year we talk about the influenza vaccine and we can have Richard David Smith on here to talk about how he got turned around to being pro it flu vaccine after being a flu vaccine nah type for the longest time Mm -hmm. because he ended up on the ventilator and he's got two kids and almost didn't make it. Thank God he's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he and his wife and his kids, I mean, his wife and his kids don't have to have that tragedy. But, you know, Barry the Blade, who used to be on this show, by the way, I heard from his wife. Mm-hmm. And she wanted the shows that he was on because the kids now, Barry the Blade, for people who don't remember, he was a trucker. And he started a whole long narrative that we had on the show about trucker duty mm-hmm. and uh, about how, and not D-U-T-Y, but, you know, trucker feces Mm -hmm. and how uh do you um evacuate your bowels when you got a when you're an over the road trucker and you don't have time to pull over and stop because it's a it's a chore to pull those things over were you not that might have been before your time no i don't i'm thinking and then we had uh uh is he the one that got cancer no barry the blade got in swine flu okay no yeah i remember yeah he got swine flu and uh, unfortunately didn't make it. And it was very sad because we had a good relationship with him. And he would call in and we'd talk about uh, how um, some people um, will take their um, Walmart bags and shit in those and then just throw them out the side. And he said, if you're ever on one of those road cleanup things and you see a Walmart bag, uh, on the side of the road, be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a heads up, huh? But anyway, but yeah. So I'm definitely, you know, every year we talk about that. Oh wow! So, yeah. ugh, not anti-vaccine. I am anti-telling people what to do. But I'm also, uh, I mean, I know we tell people you have to wear your seatbelt and you have to, you know, have certain vaccinations to go to school and stuff like that. I get that. We have to have some some uh uh you know uh, some allowance for for the greater good i i i do understand that as well so it's uh, very difficult not an easy question it's very nuanced but um anyway i'm just um i'm definitely not in favor of basing policy on things that aren't safe yeah and the vaccine cards do not make us safe if you're using those to as a litmus test to uh, allow somebody admission to your venue, mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to make you safe because there are too many fake ones out yeah. there. Yeah. So that's what I don't like. That I really don't like. I, we could even talk about mandates and stuff like that. It's you know we do mandate certain things, but you know we mandate that people wear their seatbelts, but you don't have to wear your seatbelt. Right. You don't have to wear it. It's right. just if they pull you over and you're not wearing it, they can heap that on to your, to your speeding charge. Right? <laughs> that's correct. I mean, that's what they use it for. That's correct. Yep. Anyway. All right. But do wear your seatbelt. Yes, please. If you get thrown from your car, you've got a 50% chance of dying. If you wear your seatbelt 
and you have that same wreck, you're significantly less likely to die. And uh, the chances of you being trapped in your car so that you can't get out are about one in a million. So you're looking at one in a million versus 50%. Wear your seatbelts. All right. Okay, dope. Hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, my son, number two, has had... Is that his name? Like, Jim... <laughs> number two. You named your kid after bowel movement? <laughs> it's my son. I love it. Number two. ...in his thumbnails. Oh, okay, well, wait a minute. Oh, okay, I don't want to mess... Rewind it. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I I shouldn't be making fun of your kid. I'm sorry. It's... I wasn't making fun of the kid. I was making fun of you naming your kid. Anyway, don't worry about it. I'll give myself one of these. No. Okay. All right. Uh, my son number two has had these like dimples in his thumbnails. Okay. Since he was born, I think. Okay. But now he's you know ten, and they're very noticeable. It's like his thumbnails just ripple, uh, and he's getting a little self-conscious about it. Yep. What the hell is it, and how do you fix it? So he was born with this, so he had a congenital dysmorphia of the nail. Dysmorphia just means weird-shaped. You know, use that in a sentence. Dr. Scott's head is dysmorphic. Dysmorphic, yes. It's very strangely shaped. <laughs> um, so this, I, I, I texted this person back. I said, Google chevron nails. This would be a good one for you to do, okay. Dr. Scott. Sure. Or herringbone nails. And those are congenital just ripples, and they usually meet in the center, sort of like a herringbone. Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes away usually right after puberty or in early adulthood. And he said, no, that's not it. It's just one. And I said, well, then I know what it is. It's koilonychia, K-O-I-L-O-N-Y-C-H-I-A, a.k.a. spoon nails. And these are nails that look scooped out. The depression is usually large enough that you could um, put water in it or something and hold it in there. And uh, there's sometimes a sign of iron deficiency anemia, but when a kid has them, sometimes they just have it. And then um, when they get just prepubertal, late late, uh, childhood, they'll usually go away because the nail bed will just naturally thicken as they get older. Hmm. So anyway. All right. So that's probably what that is. And he was... He looked at the picture and said, yep, that's absolutely what it is, and he was happy. that I just – why didn't the pediatrician say something? Why do I – why am I telling him this? I don't know. This, this late in the game, he would have He's thought, 10. Yeah, He's he been to the pediatrician at, at least once. <laughs> yeah, at least 10 times. <laughs> at least. Goodness <clears throat> gracious. All right. Um, we had somebody call before – and what it was was they had um, a prostate biopsy, and then they were bleeding afterward. Okay. And we said either they've got some um, swelling of the prostate or it's just flushing out what it had. But either way, go back and get checked because that's not, you know, when you have blood coming out of an orifice and the urethral meatus. Well, was it was it there? Was it, was it rectally where he had his prostate? No, he was it was coming out of his he was he was peeing blood. Oh, he's peeing blood. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry I didn't hear that part. That's okay. That's right. I was gonna say because if prostate biopsy could be out of his rectum. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. That's they are. We have a friend. Yeah. Who calls into the show sounding like an old country woman <laughs> who um, had a prostate biopsy and he got septic after that because they went through his rectum and uh, got a few. Uh, naughty bacteria into his prostate, and it ended up uh, infecting his bloodstream. It's very unusual, but not unheard of. 
So anyway, um, so let's uh, listen to what this person has to say. Hey, Dr. Steve, it's Albert from Albuquerque. How you doing? Hey, good, man. How are you? Great. Good, good. Hey, listen, not so much a question, but a follow-up from a previous call. Um, I had a, pri- a, a prostate biopsy, and I called in about the uh, additional uh, blood in the urine after that, the interesting notations on that. But uh, the update now is the biopsy came back positive. Uh, my Gleason scores are uh, of such a type that it's uh, not super aggressive, but aggressive enough to treat. So we're going to get a prostatectomy here okay. at the end of March and get it taken care of and get it taken out. Okay, good. Uh, interesting thing here, and one of the things I was concerned about is the long-term effects of prostatectomy and some of the side effects uh, related to urinary control. And the surgeon I'm working with uh, has a method where he goes in through the su- with the super pubis catheter directly into the bladder to alleviate some of the trauma to the urethra uh, oh. that you'd usually have with a catheter for a couple of weeks after the procedure. So I uh, thought that was kind of interesting, kind of different uh, aspect to that. Uh, this guy is uh, very well known in the field, I guess, and um, he's uh, yeah. got a great success ratio for a uh, quick turnaround for full function post-prostectomy. Good. Anyways, like I said, no real question other than uh, just a statement to say to all your listeners, you know, my my prostate was not abnormal in size. Uh, no. My PSA was not that awful high. Yeah. However, I have a Gleason score that shows that something needs to be done. So get your shit checked out. Yep. There you Take go. care, Doc. Okay, man. Good. And uh, keep us in the loop and let us know how things are going. So I'm glad he got that checked out. So the Gleason score, this is a system that they use to uh, classify what the prostate tissue looks like under the microscope. So when they get a biopsy, they'll look at it, and um, they're looking at the glandular architecture of this tumor itself. So they will look at uh, what, what is the predominant pattern, and then what's the second most predominant pattern. And uh, each one of these are given a grade between 1 and 5, and then the Gleason score is the sum of those two grades. That's just basically it. And uh, 5 being closer to malignancy and 1 being less likely to be malignancy. So that's what he's talking about. So he didn't have one that looked horrifying, but he had one that showed that they need to do more. So he's going to have a suprapubic prostatectomy. And uh, that's a, that's an interesting one because instead of going, as he said, through the penis mm-hmm. and up the urethra to get this thing, which my great uncle had some uh, uh, hand in inventing that. Oh wow! Um, yeah, he was uh, you know <laughs> he was a sadist, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But um, this one, they instead of going up through the penis, they do a surgery through an incision in your lower abdomen above that pubic bone. So if you feel just a, above your uh, the juncal area, and then right above that, you can feel a bone, mm-hmm. you know, in that um, right above your, uh, in women, it's, you know, you, well, you know where it is. Anyway, mm-hmm. you felt it. Mm-hmm. And then they go above that, and um, they make the incision through there, dissect through to the bladder, and then the center of the prostate gland is removed right there. So... And uh, that that part of the prostate gland that's right there is called the transition zone. And it'll be done in the hospital, and they may have to stay for a while. And, um, you know, it's 
less likely to cause trauma to the urethra, obviously, because you won't, you're not going through the urethra. Um, there are some other nerves that can be uh, involved. And so I told him, uh, ask him two questions. What's your success rate for continence? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Oh, number two, I forgot to tell you this one, dude. What's the success rate for getting it all, all the cancer that you need to get mm-hmm. using this procedure? And then the third is maybe the most important. What's your uh, success rate for retaining sexual function? Good questions. So if you just ask them those three things. Yeah. So uh, the procedure itself is pretty safe. There's some chance you could get infected or something like that, and there's anesthesia involved, so there's that. But really, this is a a pretty well-tolerated procedure. And your recovery time in the hospital is usually about a day, but it could be up to seven days, depending on how things go. And if you're, you know, if you're, if you weigh 600 pounds and you have obstructive sleep apnea or Pickwickian syndrome or something like that, then uh, you're going to be in the hospital longer. Mm-hmm. All right. And then it might take two to four, four weeks to recover after that. Mm-hmm. So just take it easy. If they tell you two to four weeks, take as much time as you can get. And uh, just don't – you're going to feel better pretty quickly, but if you uh, start getting cocky and doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, don't do crazy stuff. be a problem. Yeah. All right. Okay, dope. All right. And, yeah, you're going to have to have a catheter for a little while. Okay. Well, hello. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is David in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Hey, David. Hey. I uh, have been kind of... Hey, Franklin, Tennessee is where... I love Franklin, tw- man. That's where tweaked audio is. That's And I've got a whole bunch... I've got a bunch of family and friends. Is that Do you? What they're sure yeah. For, if good you, stuff. Yeah. If you go through uh, Franklin, go to tweaked audio and tell them Dr. Steve sent you. Use yep. offer code FLUID. Yep. Right. Gang, listening to all your uh, recent shows just because of weekend work, and I was wondering, why are the older monoclonals that were designed for the previous variant or variants, why are those now totally ineffective while yeah, the it's crazy. vaccines that were designed to... Uh, tell your body to create the spike from the alpha why would that still work such a so great why, why would one work and one and the other not work i hope that question makes sense yeah Thank absolutely you. it does you do you want to take a shot at it before i hit it because no. I, I know why that's a go for it yeah okay yeah so, I, was ta- I was talking on youtube here okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> jesus <laughs> hey. you're like tasty at least you're What's doing up? something to the sh- uh, show related tasty will just be over there flipping through facebook no i know she gets so bored with me talking she's heard my voice for 20 years so um so it, this is a great question can you imagine that if you're regeneron and you've got this monoclonal antibody um, cocktail that you've come up with and it works so great and then overnight it's worthless mm-hmm. and you're just producing the shit out of it you got factories producing this stuff overnight it's it's done um, and now the vaccine obviously not as not as uh, uh, effective for preventing infections 
with this new variant, but still pretty damn effective for keeping people out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. So why is that, that one works and the other one doesn't? Well, the reason is when you give someone the mRNA vaccine, they are making the whole spike protein. They don't just make one antibody to that. The body is amazing. It'll take this group of molecules and say, I don't like the way that looks, and it'll make antibodies to that. Then this other group over here on the other side, and uh, it will uh, make several different antibodies. Matter of fact, the original, you know, Regencove was two different antibodies. Hmm. So that's the problem is when this thing mutates to where your antibody doesn't work, the bo- the body's antibodies may still be doing their thing. Wow. Because there's more of them, more different ones. So Trovimab is one of the antibodies for uh, um, COVID, and it still works. Works great. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Regencove and the other one from Eli Lilly, not so much anymore. Yes. All right. So Colin's, Colin's got a great question here, and it's, it's referring to uh, treatment or, or suggestions for treatment for recurring Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, and other similar vague mm. and hard-to-diagnose to yeah. um, autoimmune, autoimmune type um, illnesses. So. And you're in contact with... Yeah, right here. Yep. He's on there now. Okay, so the first question is, so Epstein-Barr virus is a, it's a herpes virus, mm-hmm. human herpes virus 4. It is a member of the herpes virus family along with herpes simplex 1 and 2 and varicella, which causes chicken pox and also shingles. Um, most people get it at some point in their lives, and uh, it causes infectious mononucleosis. Gotcha. That's the that's the syndrome that it causes. There are also other things that it can cause as well. There's some tumors. There is a, a tumor that's associated with Epstein-Barr, but let's just talk about infectious mono. So mono causes severe sore throat, but fatigue. And I was out of school for a month with mono when I had it when I was a kid. You get swollen lymph nodes in the neck. You can get an enlarged spleen from that. So they tell kids don't do contact sports after you've had mono for at least a month. Your liver can enlarge and all that stuff. And it's really easy to spread through body fluids and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when it comes to recurrent Epstein-Barr, I, you know, any of these episodic viruses can cause chronic infections rarely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look this up and see what what the current uh, thinking on chronic Epstein-Barr is. Can I talk for a minute? Yes, about of course. Our Please approach. Do. Yeah, I'll do yep. our approach while you're looking mm-hmm. at it. So, I'll, <clears throat> Colin, I will tell you from from specifically what I do, which is the traditional Chinese medicine. We we use a lot of um, old Chinese herbal medicines to help with with fatigue and with the with the um, the virus and also the acupuncture. Believe it or not. Um, I know for a fact I've seen it. I actually got a guy referred to me. Um, he had been to uh, the Mayo Clinic, and they suggested that he continue with his with his um, acupuncture treatments and his herbal medicines. Yeah, because it was providing some symptomatic relief. Yeah, so yeah, because the Western medicine just didn't have a great great treatment protocol. No, we don't. We but don't. We, but we, we do have This is when we things. send people to Dr. Scott. Yep. It's when we suck at things, and this is when we do. Rare people who become infected with Epstein-Barr virus or can reactivate it, develop a disease that doesn't resolve, and they can get fulminant infectious mononucleosis, and then that those people don't do well. They're in the intensive care unit. And then other people have a more chronic course with sort of a persistent or intermittent sort of mono-like syndrome. And it could be fever, um, fatigue, 
uh, swollen lymph glands, stuff like that. And those people are unable to control their EBV infection. Mm-hmm. And they'll get uh, infiltration of tissues with uh, Epstein-Barr virus, infected T cells and natural killer cells and other white blood cells. So they're actually infecting their white blood cells and that causes problems. So um, these people may have a problem with their immune system in that their T cell activity or their natural killer cell activity has been degraded by this. So uh, for those people that have that, I would see a virologist for that. for sure. And these are people who, and it's usually going to be at a medical school or some research center where uh, people um, uh, go from infectious disease specialty and then specialize in viruses. Right, right. And uh, let's look real quick. And it may, it may if, ask you, while you're looking, I, yeah. I can tell Colin, uh-huh. just if, if, if Colin would like to send us a, an email, I can maybe find someone that can help him. Well, we or, would need his email and yeah. his uh, address his, his, or, not, or area. His zip code. Yeah, area. Let's look up um, Epstein-Barr and chronic. Well, I th- let me just put Epstein-Barr and then other terms, chronic. And let's just do that. And then we'll search. And I'm at clinicaltrials.gov. So here you go, genetic studies of chronic active Epstein-Barr disease. And this is currently recruiting in uh, Bethesda, Maryland. So that might be a place where they're already very interested in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Colin, I'm just going to recommend that you go to clinicaltrials.gov and then put in the term Epstein-Barr to the disease and then put in chronic to the modifier. And I've got 169 freaking studies. So some of them are completed, so you want ones that are recruiting. But here's one, uh, chronic fatigue following acute uh, Epstein-Barr. Okay, that's Epstein-Barr. Treating severe chronic Epstein-Barr virus with EBV-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes. So this is one that was at Texas Children's and Methodist Hospital in Houston, Texas. What they were doing was taking uh, T lymphocytes and stimulating them to uh, kill Epstein-Barr virus mm. and just go in and just friggin', you know, multiply and kill it. Right. Let's see. Um, here, Epstein-Barr virus is a possible cause of chronic fatigue syndrome. That's University of Mississippi. So there's stuff out there. Now, Here, I'm looking for a treatment one. Here we go. Valgan, oh, okay, valgancyclovir. Okay, it's valcite for chronic fatigue syndrome patients who have elevated antibody titers against human herpes virus 6 and Epstein-Barr virus, which we now know is ep- human um, herpes virus what? What number is it? Anybody listening? Scott? 17. God, you... <laughs> Four. Dang it. Was okay. Close. So if someone said, well, I have herpes simplex 4, you'd just say, well, what, you have Epstein-Barr? Epstein-Barr, yep. So, uh, so there, there's some hope out there. And van, uh, valgancyclovir is related to valacyclovir, which is Valtrex, which we use for herpes and chickenpox. So that would be an interesting one to see if anyone is treating people with uh, valcyclovir already. Um, let's look, cyclovir and Epstein-Barr. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, um, It says infected B cells, but not the number of Epstein-Barr DNA copies. Okay, that's not, okay, here we go. A six-month trial of Valtrex 
in Epstein-Barr virus subset of chronic fatigue syndrome, improvement in left ventricular function. So they picked a really weird endpoint. They picked a weird endpoint. Let's see if their secondary endpoint had anything to do with fatigue, because that's what Colin is is calling about. Uh, It says, concluded that the 16 chronic fatigue syndrome patients included in both phases with EBV persistent infection. So they got to prove that first, Colin. Mm-hmm. are improved after six months of continuous pharmacokinetic dosing with valcyclovir. And let's see how much they gave them. Well, I'll tell you what, Colin, just email us. We'll yeah. email you some of this let's stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a real thing as long as the Epstein-Barr is detected in your system. Yeah. And if it isn't, then there are other things that can cause chronic fatigue syndrome, one of those being low testosterone. Low testosterone, sleep apnea. Yeah, there's a anemia. Yes. There's, there's a, there's there you a, go. A What's the other one? Anemia. Yeah, what's the other one? You said that already. Oh, sleep apnea? Yeah, you said that already. Low T? Yes, we said that already. Uh-oh. Oh, what else? Oh, my God. Um, old age? Okay, I'll give you <laughs> one. Give yourself a bill. All right, All right, that's that it. I'm yeah. not answering anymore. Thyroid. Hypothyroid. Oh, thyroid. Yeah, I'm yep. sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, sorry. All right. Good. Excellent question. You got, got any other four ones Four out of there? five. That's better than my most, most of my t- Yeah, last one real quick. Um, uh, Colin, if you don't know our email address, go to I'll, – I'll put it in the chat room. It's fine. But you can just go to our website at drsteve.com and click contact. Ignore the warnings. It'll say, don't ask medical questions. That's not for you. Okay. You can – it's like you've got a – you're a hot girl at a nightclub in New York. You can just go right in. <laughs> All right. And uh, Game Junkie wants to know about hypogamma globulinemia. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, means a, you have, have a simple one. means yeah. you have low gamma globulin. I mean, what do you want low, to know about it? Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, people with hypogamma globulinemia have low levels of uh, antibodies, basically, I mean, that's what um, gamma globulin is, is immunoglobulin G, which is IgG, which is a, uh, you know, a a collection of antibodies. And so um, when you're looking at gamma globulins in the bloodstream, you're looking at all the collective antibodies against everything that's floating around in your system. And there's a, a, a standard level of those things that people who are felt to be normal have, and people who don't have that have low... Um, uh, you know, have low levels, and they're called hypogammaglobulinemia. Um, you know, you can have other deficiencies of other types of antibodies like IgA, but that's IgA is the uh, antibody that is secreted in the mucous membranes. Mothers have it mm-hmm. when they're uh, breastfeeding. For example, they'll transmit antibodies to the child, which is why you want, look, you get the nutrition from formula, but you get more than just nutrition from breast milk. Mm-hmm. So even if you can only breastfeed for uh, six weeks, yeah. it's the kid. I mean, my my youngest, who was causing the Alexa to go on and off, yes, you know, yes, the ring doorbell, yes. in and out. You're number two. My number two, right. I'm going to call him number two from now on. Um, no, hey, hey, number two, and you know what I mean, wink, wink. Uh, he is alive today because my wife was breastfeeding. I've told this story before, but for those who haven't heard it, uh, he was three to five days old, and I walk in the room, and you could feel the heat coming off. Of oh, him. yeah, I remember. And uh, he had a fever of 105. We took him to the hospital, and he had respiratory syncytial virus. And they were like, when we see him this age with this severe of an infection, we're concerned that they're not going to make it. And if they do, they're going to have horrible, horrible lung disease. 
going forward. And I would, you know, I'm a MD and I treated kids before. I was kind of freaking out. And uh, the the way it works in our thing is, um, Tacy freaks out up front, and then I'm stolid, mm-hmm. and then I freak out later, and then she's kind of got her second wind. So we make a good couple in that regard. So there's always somebody around that's got their shit together, <laughs> and even if we don't both have it together at the same time. But um, so we were kind of freaking out, but he just sailed right through, and the reason was she gave him the RSV because she had it. Uh, she had been sick for about a week before we she gave birth to Beck, and so she gave it to him. But she also gave him the the antibodies that she had developed as the cure, and so he continued to uh, get IgA ver- antibodies against RSV and just sailed right through. No, they couldn't believe it. They didn't tell us some of this stuff until after it was over. They were like, "We were really freaking out when you brought him in here." Oh, yeah. So anyway, so so that's IgA. Uh, so signs and symptoms. When people with hypogamma globulinemia, it can be just slightly low, and they may be totally asymptomatic, have no symptoms whatsoever. The ones with the more severe uh, version of it usually present with a history of recurrent infection. They're like, I'm sick all the time. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody gets them, I get it. Kind and of I get low, it worse than immune, everybody else. Uh, yeah, low yeah, immune yeah, system. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, they'll diagnose it by drawing blood. And um, they'll usually, um, you know, where if you have slightly low immunoglobulins where you're producing intact antibodies, they'll just watch you. And uh, babies that have it uh, may have uh, complete resolution without doing anything. They just kind of grow out of it. And then uh, some people uh, will have low immunoglobulins, and they're they're still able to produce antibodies. They don't require anything either. Mm-hmm. So there is replacement therapy for people who don't fit into those that need it, and it's just um, intravenous immunoglobulins that they give it to you. Uh, like I said, in the in the infusion center intravenously. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there's a bunch of different subtypes. There's like X-linked. A gamma globulinemia. Those people don't produce any. That's called Bruton's disease or some other stuff like that. Any anything else you got out there? That'll be it. All buddy. right, that it. You want to do? Let me see if I've got anything here. <clears throat> we did those. That was a globulin for Halloween, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, look at the structure of of antibodies they're interesting they're y-shaped and they have a, sort of a common stem and then the y is different the y things differentiate and uh, the very tip of it is where all the business is done and um, it's fascinating just look at that I wish we did a TV show we could show things like that mm-hmm. anyway all right well I think we've we've done it for today thanks always go to dr. Scott. Uh, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes. Who else, Dr. Scott? Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy1008, Amanda Swan, uh, uh, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, John Field. She Who Owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, Double Steve Tucci, uh, Amy from Kentucky, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, 
Casey's wet t-shirt, Carl's deviated septum, Jen from the jingles department, producer Chris, Croge, the inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friend, Fez Watley and GVAC, who supported this show, has never gone unappreciated. We will always miss them. Go to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel. SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to you, our listeners, whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. All right. You got time to play some music? Hey, man, let's do it. Let's do it. What we got to do? Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.